0: imitate god therefore in everything you do because you are his dear children if you like anything underline it when you're underlining everything i'm not going to trust you (laughs) okay number two live a life filled with love following the example of christ He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater worshipping the things of this world. Verse 6, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these particular sins mentioned in verse 4 onwards don't be fooled for the anger of the Lord will fall on on them all of them who disobey don't participate in these things that that people do for once you were full of darkness once upon a time but now you have the light from the Lord so live as people of the light for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true what is good and right and true carefully verse 10 determine what pleases the Lord carefully determine what pleases the lord take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and and darkness instead expose them it is shameful even to talk about the things even to discuss the things that ungodly people do in secret but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them for the light makes everything visible this is why why it was said awake o sleeper rise from the dead and christ will give you light so Verse 15, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise, making the most of every opportunity in those evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that'll ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 10. Verse 10 is the anchor of this passage. Verse 10 is where the heart meets the mind. Look at verse 10. What does it say? Carefully determine what pleases God. Study. Think about it. Be careful. Know what pleases God what please because when you love somebody you're always looking to please them when you love somebody you become a student of what that person loves and then you act in such a way you give in such a way you respond in such a way that that person feels loved by you feels pleased with you carefully determine what pleases the lord let me give you five ways to please christ let me give you five ways to please christ number one i please god when i behave like christ i please god when i behave like christ i please god when i do what when i behave like christ verse one imitate god imitate god i find that a fascinating statement a fasc- how many of you seen god how many of you have met god when god himself says no one has ever seen god at any time no one will see god and live how do you imitate God? Has he come home? Is there, is there, is there, a, is there you know, some sort of movie out? Is there a manual? How do you imitate God? It's almost, it's almost impossible a term. Think about it. You should actually have a problem with it. Imitate God. So when, when he says that, when Paul says that, when God is pleased with the fact that we imitate God, we got to get to the meat of it and ask, how on earth do you expect me to imitate you? Where do I get the gumption? That is what my father used to use that word. Where do I get the, the the audacity to imitate God? Where do I get the example to imitate God? Here it is. Here's the answer. Imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do, do, in everything you do, in your actions. Why? Because you are His dear children. You are His dear children. That's where it happens. That's how you imitate God. So you imitate God not by watching, not by watching, but by your worship. By the way you let God from within come out. What do I mean by that? This makes a staggering assumption. Is it even possible? What is God like? Is it just being nice all the time? How can I be like God when I am not God? This is why the second sentence is absolutely crucial. Because you are, underline his underline dear you're his dear children that is that's not just a nice statement let me explain what it means that means you were born of god that you were born of God being born of God at your spiritual birth allows for an inheriting of the divine nature of God because you are born of God because you can remember back to that day when you repented and you gave your life to Jesus Christ and by the miraculous work of the Holy Spirit he birthed you into a spiritual family. You were born into your physical family a few years ago. Some of you 20, some of you 50. You were born into your physical family and you got their name and you got their nature. And some of you don't like it. But when you were born of God, you got his name and you got his nature. So he is not asking too much when he says, imitate your dad be like your dad imitate your father your god who is in heaven how do you do that not by watching because your god is in heaven by letting the work of his nature in you have greater dominance over every other nature in you the human nature the sinful nature the pride nature letting him that means he has given you you have inherited him as a dear child his divine nature adam who was perfect, didn't even have this nature. He was perfect, but he didn't have the divine nature. Did you know that? Did you know that? Adam was perfect, he was sinless, but he didn't have the divine nature. He was just sinless, but he could not be like God. Because being like God isn't just about, not just about not sinning. Being like God is not just about not sinning. Being like God is about being like God. <laughs> being like God is like dealing with people who are not like God. Forgiving people who are not like God, working with people who are not like God, working against people who are not like God. So being like God isn't just independently being holy and being so pure and, 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 and faultless, but it's also relating to those who are not. Be like God, imitate God. So being indwelt by the holy spirit gives me that enablement it gives you that enablement in part you can go to any seminar on life on art of living on 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 on, on ability to handle life coping mechanisms all sorts of life enhancement life bettering life whatever seminars and they'll give you ring binders they'll give you notes they'll give you exercises they'll give you everything but the ability the enablement and the will to do it god the holy spirit will give you the nature to be like god he will give you the will to be like god and he'll give you the enablement the power to be like god so when he says imitate god he just packed you with resources to do so he packed you with resources to do so number one i please god when i behave like christ number two i please god when my life is ruled by love i please god when my life is ruled by love verse two live a life say it filled with Love. Turn your page over and you see it in the scripture verse 2. Live a life filled with love and following the example of Christ. So almost synonymous, it goes together. Filled with love, following the example of Christ. Because the example of Christ is a life filled with love. Okay. Filled with love, following the example of Christ. We'll talk about love in just a minute. Let's go to Christ. Following the example of Christ, what did Jesus do? He loved us. He loved us number two he offered himself as a sacrifice and that sacrifice was a pleasing aroma to God how do you please God when you love people you offer yourself as a sacrifice which is a pleasing aroma to God you allow yourself to get on the altar in the in the in the interest of somebody else you it's not self-denial it's self-sacrifice Self-denial is when you put yourself aside for a, for a moment. Self-denial is when you're still focusing on you because you have denied yourself. Now you're suffering through that denial. No, when a person is on the altar, he's on the altar. It's over, it's done. He placed himself on the altar. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice, a pleasing aroma. So what does it mean to be ruled by love? I please God when my life is ruled by love. What did Jesus do? He offered himself as a sacrifice. He gave his life to show his love. So he gave his life to show his love. Let me unpack that. There are there is people, there's money, there's time, and there is opportunities. There's people, money, time, opportunities. These are the bricks that make life. God values above all which of these four? In any given situation, what would God protect the most? What would God value the most? People. What would God throw away but keep one? Opportunity, God can create that. Time, God can create that. He can sustain that. He can recreate that. He can restore that. Money, no problem. But people. Love is when you put people higher than time, money and opportunity. So when you're solving a conflict when you are worried about something in your life, when something is changing in your life, when you're making a decision in your life, when you're going to make an investment in your life, to love is to put people first, time, money, opportunity later. When you get into a fight with the family, when you get into a discourse or when you get into a a conflict with your family, which at that moment is more important to you, fellowship or money, the relationship, or money, or time, or the opportunity. What are you angry about? Or who are you angry with? You can't get angry with opportunities, even when they miss you. You can't get ma- mad at, uh, at money. You can't get mad at time. So who do you get mad at? People. The ones whom you should hold higher than all three get the brunt of all three. God loves, and when God loves, He will solve situations, he will provide for situations to keep fellowship at the top. He will always put the relationship first and everything else. If the relationship is going to be broken, if the relationship is going to be hurt, if the person is going to be hurt, then he will sacrifice time, money, and opportunities to keep the relationship. But he will not value time, money, and opportunities over a person. Over a person. I can't give you examples. You've got to unpack that for yourself. But. That's what love is. I I please God when my life is ruled by love. So remember, filled with love and following the example. Filled with love and following the example. That's verse 2. Verse 3. Number 3, I please God when I give him my worship. I please God when I give him my worship. Five ways to please God. Number 1, behave like Christ. Number 2, let your life be ruled by love. Number 3, give him my worship. What does that mean? No, not singing. Not singing. Singing is not worship singing is praise but it's not worship because a life of worship will want to sing a life of worship singing is is the result it's the sound of a life that has worshiped god okay verse 3 verse 4 god wants my body on the altar and god wants my mind on the altar god wants my body on the altar and god wants my mind on the altar you know the verse romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 Therefore, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is a holy and acceptable sacrifice. This is your worship. This is your worship. So he says in verse 3, let no sexual immorality, impurity and greed be found among you. And note the word among you, that's plural you, you, all of you no place among god's people so he's talking about the community of christ he's talking about the whole he's not just talking to you as an individual saying let there be no sexual immorality among you let there be no impurity among you in you he's saying among not in among your good english students the word among means between us between us that doesn't mean with everybody else either but between us so the community of christ must be imp- must must not be impure it must be so he starts listing some things he says let no sexual immorality be found among you I was watching Friends yesterday and I've become so desensitized to Friends because we watched the 9 seasons 10 seasons and then now we watch reruns for the 45th time and it's absolutely acceptable of who sleeps with whom absolutely acceptable we don't even stop to ask i am watching a show that is absolutely fine about friends with benefits i'm absolutely fine with that and he just slept with him and he talked to him and i'm absolutely fine i'm absolutely fine with that how can i be fine with that what is wrong with me what is wrong with that is not that is darkness that is not light and i thought i asked myself why am i watching this because Joey is funny and Rachel is cute and Ross is just Ross how can you not watch it we grew up with them or rather we didn't grow up if you know what I mean let no sexual immorality be found let no impurity and you know what our minds immediately go to when it's sex over them it means it'll go straight to the sex part Note number three greed. Greed, yeah. Greed doesn't come in a swimsuit. Greed doesn't dress for success. He says in fact, in fact, in fact, in among the three, the only one that Paul actually does a comment on. He actually expands it, is greed. Is greed. He goes, on to, he goes on to say that the greedy people in this world are essentially worshipping themselves. They are idolaters. Look at verse 5. You can be sure that no immoral, impure or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person, doesn't say, idol, doesn't say uh, sexual person, doesn't. Say, it says greedy. And a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world it's the only one of the three he expanded you know why we struggle with greed or rather don't struggle with greed is because it's socially acceptable greed can easily look like ambition ambition can easily look like greed pushing hard to make everything happen step on anyone to get the job done to get what you want move heaven and earth the world will say oh look at him what ambition you are what ambition and God looks at the same person and says you greedy idolatrous person you are worshiping an idol you have created an idol of something in the world that the world offers that has taken my place greed is sexually everybody knows about sexual immorality impurity also yes We have corruption, free cell and this and that. Eh, We all know, we get that. But greed, greed can be very well covered up. Even in the church. Even prayers can be the greediest prayers, but sound very spiritual. Lord, we want everything from you. Lord, we want everything. You Lord, you can provide us with all that we need. It's not need, it's greed. So you should pray also. Lord, I want you to provide all my greed. B. God wants my mind on the altar. Let no obs- obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. That's the mind. Sexual immorality, impurity, greed. That's the body. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, coarse jokes, obscene stories, dirty, filthy words, double meaning words, jokes that are, jokes that are, mm, of color. Let no obscene stories, false talk, coarse jokes. These are not for you. They are not for you. Moving on. Instead, look at the word, underline the word, circle the word, instead. Let there be thankfulness to God. Let there be thankfulness to God. Verse 5, you can be sure that no immoral or greedy person will enter the kingdom of God. Greedy people are idolatrous, worshipping the things of this world. Instead, be thankful to God. Opposite of greed is thankfulness. Opposite of greed is thankfulness. Number 4, I please God when I live by his light. I please God when I live by his light. Verse 6 and verse 7. Verse 6 and verse 7. So he says, don't be fooled. Don't be fooled by these people. Some excuse themselves in these particular sins. They have a rational explanation for why they need to do these particular sins. Which sins? Greed. Which sins? Impurity. Which sins? Sexual immorality. They have a good explanation for why it's okay for them to do that. Don't be fooled. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in these things that people do. Why? Why? because you have the light so live as people of the light you have the light so live as people of the light once upon a time you walked in darkness darkness is what shadows the eyes of people to see what is right and wrong but you have been given the light and you can walk in the light you have the light he says this light verse 8 and 9 once you were full of darkness what i just said to you once you were full of darkness but now you have the light from the Lord from the Lord and he says this light that is inside of you where is this light inside of you it doesn't come from outside it comes from inside so don't go looking for the light this light within you produces what is good and true and right this light within you produces are you beginning to get that whatever God wants from you he has put in you He just wants it to come out. I repeat, whatever God wants from you, He has put inside of you. All He wants is for it to come out. So in your spirit, you have everything. The light, the power, the Holy Spirit. Okay, And then it needs to come out into your behavior, into your relationships. What is the hurdle between in and out? What's the hurdle between in and out? The body, the flesh, the flesh is your greatest enemy. The flesh is your hurdle. The flesh is your closed door. The flesh is the speed breaker. <laughs> Keeping things inside, containing things inside. That light has been given to you. That light will produce what is good and true. So God is not asking you to concoct anything, come up with anything, build up anything, work out anything. He's saying, I've already packed you with what I want, with my nature. Let it out. Let it out. Then he says in verse ten, carefully understand, carefully determine what pleases God. He says, don't take part in worthless deeds of evil. Don't take part uh, in any of them, but in fact expose them. Verses ten to fourteen. It is a shameful thing even to discuss it, to talk about things that ungodly people do in secret. Their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. That's why he says, and he quotes the Old Testament: Give a give a uh, wake or sleeper rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Awake or sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you that light. Who gives you that light? Who gives you the ability to know what God wants, what pleases God? What is that enabling within you that that exposes what is in the dark? That is the light. That light allows you to to gives you, produces in you what is good, what is true, and what is right. Did you circle that in verse in verse nine? Verse nine? For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Go home today believing you already have everything you need. You already have anything you need. Your only enemy is the flesh. Your flesh is what comes in the way of allowing Jesus to come out so that people can see it. Finally, finally, number five. I please God when I live wisely. I please God when I live wisely. So, verse 15. Be careful how you live. Be careful how you live. God wants us to live lives in an examined way, a mature way, a monitored way, a measured way. God wants our lives to not move from one day to the next without a clear sense of direction, momentum, and system. So be careful how you live. Don't be like fools. He doesn't say don't be a fool. He's not saying don't be a fool. He's saying don't be like fools. But like those who are wise. Those who are wise. So how do I be wise? How to be wise? What is the opposite of fools? If I keep staring at fools, I'm going to land up. So I don't want to look at fools. I want to look at the wise. How do wise people live? What is it about wise people? How to be wise? Number one, what do wise people do? They make the most of every opportunity. They make the most of every opportunity opportunity number six uh, verse 16 making the most of every opportunity in these evil days they see that the days are evil they see that the world is living for itself living for its for the flesh living for pleasure you don't live like that you make the most of every opportunity that god gives number two understand what the lord wants you to do Know the will of God. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. Verse 17. Don't act thoughtlessly. Verse 17. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. And finally, verse 18. Be under the control of the Holy Spirit. Be under the control of the Holy Spirit. What does the verse say? Verse 18. Don't be drunk with wine, because... That will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I know the original Greek on this because this is probably one of the most discussed verses in Bible college. It's one of the most controversial verses. And don't be drunk with wine. And then this verse is not teaching about wine, about drinking wine at all. It's saying, like a drunk person is full, under the control of wine. He's happy. He's doing great. He's, he's, in, he's enjoying himself. He is absolutely partying with the wine. He's drunk with wine. What's the problem with wine? Tomorrow morning? It's gone. Yeah? So, wine doesn't last. Human pleasure, worldly pleasure will not last. Don't be drunk with wine, which is excess, but instead be filled with the holy spirit be under the control what does it mean to be filled with the holy spirit to be under his control let him fill you be happy be joyful from what he gives rather than what wine can give what the world can give what entertainment can give what beverages can give what food can give what in what the flesh can give okay be filled with the holy spirit now the question you're supposed to be asking as we close is how how can i be filled with the holy spirit Now there's a lot of wrong teaching around and I don't want to focus on that but it seems like as if you are given the Holy Spirit. It seems like as if you are receiving the Holy Spirit in a very specific event or in a moment. It seems like as if there is an outward to inward movement of the holy spirit it is not so the holy spirit is in you but this is how you are full of the holy spirit you are filled with the joy of the lord the wisdom of the lord the light of the lord the liberty of the lord the glory of the lord rather than wine in contrast to wine you are filled with him filled with how do i do that how can i get drunk in the spirit of god here's your answer as we close Here's how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Number one, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Ah, Pastor Jerry, seriously. Seriously, sing songs? I can't sing. I can't sing. Okay, fine. I agree with you. But others around you can sing. So what he's saying here is, number one, sing psalms, sing songs, sing hymns, and spiritual songs. Hang on. Sing psalms, sing hymns, and spiritual songs. Why would he take the trouble to have three words there? Psalms is from the Old Testament. Hymns is from theology. And spiritual songs is from the New Testament, Pauline Epistles. It's, what has Jesus done for me? Who is Jesus to me? Hymns is the theology. Who is God and what he has done? Hymns have their thing. And psalms is the old testament singing the pentateuch and singing the wonderful works of god you getting it yeah amazing so when we gather together and we sing i was saying sing come on sing why because i was thinking about this verse but when we sing when we're in the presence of singing when we are often in the praises something happens where the spirit of god just fills us with the joy of the lord so you have two options you can go to the bar and you can drink or you can go to the uh church bar bar and you can be filled with the holy spirit you can be filled. how do i be filled with the holy spirit just be in the presence of the praises of god's people if you can't sing it's okay you hum but i i I don't i don't know how it works it works the scripture says it works when i'm that's why some people who often come to church they're regular to church and they're often in the worship times they're just stronger in their faith how come how come They're just stronger in their faith. Why do people who go to church regularly not feel guilty? People who don't go to church feel guilty. Are the two between the two? Are anyone sinning less? Uh, No, they're both sinning equal. Trust me, they're both sinning equally. But. And they're both, both broken. They're both reaching out to God. They're both uh, needing God's strength. But one person is feeling less guilty. Why? Because he's full of the person of God. He's full with full the spirit of God. He's got the joy, the, 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 the assurance of God. When Romans 6 says, he will tap you on your shoulder and remind you that you are his. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs is a theological reason. Of why you should be in the presence of god regularly why it should be a conviction that you don't miss because when you come regularly when you're in the presence of god regularly when you are singing hymns songs psalms you are being filled with the joy of the lord opposite to the joy of drink number two how do i be filled with the holy spirit by making music to the lord in your hearts so that's everybody else singing now we're talking about you making music to the lord in your hearts not mind not mind but in your hearts you can sing like a like a like a blowhorn It's okay but there needs to be a song in the heart there needs to be a song in the heart like when you fall in love for the first time when you fall in love there is a song in your heart even if you are as basara as anything doesn't matter you don't care in that moment how basara you are your heart is filled with a song. When, you're, when you make music to God in your heart, making melody in my heart, making melody in my heart, on. make music to the Lord in your hearts. How do you do that? How do you do that? When you read the word and read the Psalms and, and allow your heart to become the temple of God, what happens in the temple? Worship. Allow your heart to be the temple of God. So this is very practical, practical ways. This is not spooky. This is not mysterious. This is not some powerful, mighty, rushing wind. That happened in the Pentecost. Today's being filled with the Holy Spirit is about joy. It's about strength. It's about accompaniment. It's about the antidote to loneliness. It's about being able to know God's, understand God's will for your life. Know what, understand what He wants you to do. That's being filled with the Holy Spirit. When you say a Person is a spiritful man, he's close to God, he knows what God's want, and he knows how to please God. That's it. That's it. Number three, giving thanks for everything to God. Giving thanks for everything to God. That means your mouth and your heart will cry out praise. Your mouth and your heart will cry out praise praise to god rather than grumbling and whining and grumbling and whining and grumbling and whining and looking at the worst possible angle on everything and seeing how life is robbing you and draining you and how everybody's getting in your way and how the whole world is falling apart and how nothing works or how how, how many of you said that how many of you said that nothing works for me nothing works for me lies lies when jesus went to the cross and he died for you it worked So don't say nothing works for you. When Jesus wanted you to be born in the family of God, it worked. When Jesus wanted to give you the Holy Spirit, it worked. When Jesus packed you with gifts, it worked. When Jesus brought you the salvation, it worked. All the best things in life, it worked. So what are you saying? Because the auto took the wrong turn and, and now you've lost 20 minutes, your life has fallen apart? No. Go from whining to worship. Go from whining to worship be thankful give thanks for everything have you met people who are just negative there's a negative vibe there's an oppressive spirit about them they have the worst possible angle view have you never met god have you not seen anything from the up down do you not know that there is a god in heaven oh my lord come on give it up already tell your face everything's okay Is there usually so, singing psalms, making music, giving thanks. Singing psalms, making music, giving thanks. You got all your answers, yeah? Make a commitment. Make a commitment. I don't know what you want to make. You, you, you drop your head. You say a prayer. You say, pick one thing that you're going to do something about. One thing in that whole message. One of the five things. Put your finger on it and say, Lord, this week, this point, I'm going to make it happen. This week, this point, I'm going to make it happen. And if you're dead serious about it, you'll tell somebody that you made that commitment so they can hold you accountable. Hi, I'm Jeremy Dawson. And if you liked what you just saw, if it was a blessing, then hit the subscribe button. Come on, you can do it. Hit the subscribe button, uh, hit the bell so that we know you want to hear from us. Lots of videos coming your way, songs, worship, encouragement. Come on, subscribe. Let's take this forward and share with somebody you might know. Write a comment in the section below. But let's see you guys again. Come on, subscribe.